enjoy it while it lasts. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah. So easily offended. Uh. The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now. What's up? What's up? Welcome in. It is Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. A lot to get into tonight, uh, but obviously none more exciting uh, then, of course, we are on the second round of the playoffs, uh, the divisional round. Uh, this is where we no longer have pretenders. They're only contenders. And we have two games tomorrow, two games on Sunday. So uh, back with us again is our full slate of characters. It is a jam-packed show, not going to lie to you. But that's a good thing, right? So uh, let's break it down for you. Um, we've got David Behrman, who's going to be joining us in about 15 minutes. We'll talk NFL as well as golf. We've got the American Express that's happening right now. The first, this is the, this is the third event of the season. The first two events took place out in Hawaii, the Century and the Sony. Now this is the American Express, uh, in Los Angeles. And what's really unique about this tournament is not only with the fact it's a pro-am, but also, you've got three different courses that are that are that are are circulating and so you've got an easy course which is called la la quinta um you've got the second easiest course which is the jack nicholas course and then the most difficult course is the stadium course and that's a pete Dye golf course so uh, the golfers are rotating so you know, there's a slew of golfers that played the easiest course on on Thursday, and then they, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a draw in regard to um, the rotation and which which golf course you play when. So, I, I, it, it it's a hard, it's a very difficult tournament to handicap because of that, but um. It's somewhat you. Th- there's a sneaky good way for you to make money based on who you know is has the easier course, and that's La Quinta. And so I, I have that list. David and I are going to break it down because him and I have both made um, a boatload of coin on DFS playing the golfers who tee it up on the easier golf course. On Thursday, Friday, we're going to do it again tomorrow. And then after tomorrow is the cut line where players are cut. And then the final day, um, all the players then who do make the cut play on the stadium course. So anyway, so again, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Difficult tournament to handicap because you're talking about three different golf courses, not one. But at the same time, uh, there's a sneaky way for you to make money in DFS. And so David and I will break that down for you coming your way in about 10 minutes. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. And uh, and hopefully we can help you win some coin on Saturday, if I just made any sense. Uh, of course, we've got UFC 270. Uh, that bout is going to happen tomorrow. So that should be fun. And uh, And I've buried the lead. And of course, the lead is the NFL divisional round. Of, uh, of the playoffs. So you got Cincinnati and Tennessee kicking it off tomorrow at 4.30. You've got the 49ers and the Packers later on in the evening at 8.15. Sunday, you've got the Rams in the box. 
and then uh, and then at six thirty, you've got this is the game of the week. This uh, hey, listen, this might be the game of the playoffs, and that's Josh Allen and the Bills going to Kansas City to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's six thirty on Sunday night. So uh, we've got. Like I said, David Behrman, who's going to be joining us in 15 minutes. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, who, by the way, is 9-0 and on this program the last two weeks. 9-0. and So uh, if that's not appointment radio for you, I don't know what else is. I mean, what's the, what could be better than, A, listening to sports talk radio where people are breaking down a game in – a little bit more detail than the average bear. Uh, and oh, by the way, helping you win money in doing so. So uh, again, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports is going to join us on the show. Randy Robles from the Elias Sports Bureau. Always love when he's on. Uh, love the information and the nuggets and the insight that the Elias Sports Bureau brings. And of course, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. Also, Teron Davenport, who covers the Tennessee Titans, is going to pop on with us as well to get an update in regard to what's going with the tight, what's going on with the Tennessee Titans. Um, as we know, uh, Derrick Henry activated, and so he is going to be active. How attractive is he going to be? Really, that's the one million dollar question, especially if you're thinking about uh, putting some coin on him over unders, rushing yards, carries, touchdown. Maybe you're considering not considering playing him in DFS this week, as well as. Uh, this is came across a really great stat. You'll hear me repeat it several times today on the show because I, I think it's it's really it just it goes to show you how explosive this Tennessee Titans offense could be. There's only been 150 snaps this season with Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, and Julio Jones active and attractive all on the field at the same time. <laughs> when they are, and again. It's, 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 it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty solid sample size. When all three of those dudes are on the football field, the Tennessee Titans average seven yards a game, seven yards a game. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal. So, um, so anyway, so, so a lot that we can dive into with the, with Davenport, Uh, full disclosure, probably Tennessee is, is probably my, my favorite play of the weekend. Um, you know, looking at these slate of games. And like I said, talk about contenders, pretenders. Uh, who am I taking a shot at? I'm taking a shot at the Patriots. I'm taking a shot at the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm taking a shot at the Pittsburgh Steelers. With all due respect to folks out there, maybe you're a fan of those organizations. I- I'm thrilled that the NFL now is extended another week. It's great, right? Like, we get another week of football. It's awesome. You know, from what I understand, they want to extend it even further. We'll see if that does happen. But to extend the playoffs and to get the caliber of play, or lack thereof, I should say, this past weekend, I don't, and and by the way, as always, we got Brian and Jacob who are producing the show. Gentlemen, good evening, good evening. How are you guys doing? Are you guys? Doing pretty good. How about you? There you go. Okay, there you guys are. Um, I, I just, I just, I'm curious cause I, I'm, I want to hear, I, I'm curious like how you experienced last weekend. So, and, and I'm just going to go through. So Raiders, Bengals, Bengals beat the Raiders 26 to 19 game really wasn't good until the end. Right. Like yep. 
right? Like, you know, Raiders trying to tie it up, possibly get it into overtime, um, you know, controversial call there. Was the whistle blown? You know, all that stuff. Okay, boom, it's over. Bengals win. They 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 win and, and of course, move forward. Raiders are out. Unbelievable season for the Raiders, all things considered. But the game was okay, but it really didn't get exciting until like the last, I don't know, five, six minutes of the game. Patriots, Bills, I turned it off at the half. Buccaneers, Eagles, turned it off at the half. 49ers, Cowboys, best game, especially the end with Dak Prescott not giving the ball to the official, giving it to his center. He should know better. You've been playing in the NFL for a long time. We all know what the rule is. Should have slid maybe 10 yards shorter. Give yourself some more time to set up all that. Okay, Cowboys lose. Remember last last week I told you the 49ers was my favorite play, right? Yes, I so, do remember that. Thank you very much. So 49ers 23-17, best game last week. Steelers Chiefs, Chiefs 42, Steelers 21. Turn it off at the half. So one, two, three. So three, th- three out of the five games. Three out of the, no, no, I'm sorry. Oh, and Rams Cardinals. Rams 34, Cardinals 11. How can I forget about that snoozer that I shut? So one, two, three. Why am I, why can't I this? One, two, three, four. So four out of the six games. And you guys know me. We've been working together for a while now, right? Four out of the six games, I turned off at the half. Wow. That's, turned off. Turned, that doesn't I happen couldn't. for Anita at all with football. Yeah, usually tuned in. But then again, a lot of these games weren't very much competitive, honestly. Well, th- well, that's my point. That's my point. You know, I mean, let, let's like, listen, the Cardinals, I, I don't know what happened to them down the stretch. They were a shell of themselves. If you guys recall, let's go back. I mean, there were people talking about how, you know, the Cardinals were the best team in the NFL. You know, oh, I don't know who's going to win. Is it the Cardinals or the Green Bay Packers? And I'm not making fun of anyone. Like, and rightfully so. I mean, they were kick, they were kicking butt and take with Colt McCoy as their starting quarterback. So second year in a row, Kingsbury, the Cardinals, they fail. They falter towards the end. They're out. Steelers, let's be honest. So, so I guess what my point here is, did the Cardinals deserve to be in the postseason? Yeah, they absolutely did deserve to be in the postseason. But what a horrible showing. Steelers, I mean, we knew this. I, I, you know, they, they got in on a prayer. Pretty much they were praying for the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Chargers and the Raiders not to tie. And that's how they got in. They got their butts handed them by the Kansas City Chiefs. They didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. The Eagles, I don't know what, I don't know what team that was. I love the Eagles getting the points. I felt because of the weather conditions, boy, they come in, better team running the football. Bucks defense came came to play in that Eagles offense. Everything about that Eagles team. I don't know. Did they leave some people in Philly, not take them down to, to, to Tampa? I don't know what team that was. It wasn't the team that we've seen play as of late. So uh, the Buccaneers, they take care of the Eagles 31-15. to Again, horrible game even at the half. Turned it off. Bills, Patriots, ridiculous. Another game where Bills showed up to play from from the minute the first ball, the, the first snap of the game. I saw the intensity. I saw the physicality of the Buffalo Bills. And you could just you could just see the Patriots didn't even want to be there. Like 
stick a fork in him, done. Why are we even going to play four quarters? What a, I mean, what a poop show that was. So, you know, again, I, I, I understand what the NFL is trying to do. I, I get it. You know, you, you change the format of the playoffs. But I think there has to be some serious discussion because this is an – like, I don't, I don't know about you, how you got – like, I feel last week it was an embarrassment to the league. Just yeah. a complete a complete embarrassment that four of the six games were unwatchable after the first half. In the playoffs. Yeah. And there was teams that this shouldn't be there. I really wanted to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs and didn't get the chance, which really sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I, I just I know I, I just took a step backwards. We're going to spend the rest of the show looking forward, but I just wanted to – I just – I felt the need to, to kind of make the point where I really you, – you look at the spreads this week. The largest spread, and it opened up with the San Francisco 49ers plus six – on the road, back on the road at Lambeau Field going up against the Green Bay Packers. And rightfully so. I get it. I think the spread is there, although the spread has come down now to minus uh, plus five and a half. It's, it's, it's now dropped to um, minus five and a half, of course, for the Green Bay Packers, plus five and a half for the, the 49ers. I, I, and so that's the largest spread. It's the largest spread this week. And I, just, and I say that just to say, you know, I don't have, I don't have a lot of conviction in regard to who wins and who loses this week. And that's a good thing, right? Like, you know, this is what we love. This is why we love the NFL's king, right? Like, this is why we love the NFL so much, uh, because of the parody. You know, you don't have the continual dominance of Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. You don't have the continual dominance of whatever team LeBron James decides to play for and create his own super team each and every year, although this year it did not work, did it? The Golden State Warriors, when finally healthy. Oh, the Yankees. Or, you know, the Houston Astros. Or the, like, you know, midway through the baseball season, it's the haves and the have-nots. And then, of course, you're getting closer to the trade deadline and teams are like, well, we're done. It's, we're, not even, we're not even through the entire season. Let's stick a fork in us. Let's, uh, let's sell the team. Let's trade everybody away. Push the restart button. Let's start again. It's just, you know, this is what what makes the NFL so great is that, like, you know, you've got it. I know the odds aren't in their favor, but you've got a, a, an NFL team that might start the season one and three, or one and four, and hell, they go on a they go on a monster run, and they sneak into the playoffs in the tail end. They get in as a wild card and make some noise. I mean, heck, listen, Giants won a Super Bowl getting in at a 500 team. It could happen. But it's just what I mean by an embarrassment is this season, it just goes to show you a lot of mediocrity in the NFL. There are, there are a few really great teams, and there's a lot of just average teams. And what's so exciting about this weekend is – I truly believe that all of these games are going to be competitive down to the last four or five minutes of the game. I truly believe that. I don't look at this slate of games and go, oh, they're going to get destroyed. I, I, just, I just don't, right? But my biggest conviction in regard to the spread or a team winning is Tennessee over the Bengals. Other than that, even, even the Green Bay Packers, 
I, I don't have as much conviction that they will beat the 49ers at Lambeau Field as as much conviction as I have for the Tennessee Titans. I'd say the Tennessee Titans probably is my favorite play uh, this week in this slate. So wouldn't be surprised if the Bills upset the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm counting on the Rams upsetting the Bucs, especially how horrible their offensive line is now due to injuries. So anyway, uh, we're going to sp- spend the next 90 minutes breaking all these games down for you and with you, like I said, with a slew of really some of the best in the business. So we're blessed to have them on our weekend wager show here on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk, believe in your game, believe in your bet, BetMGM Sports. We come back, David Behrman from ESPN will join us next here on 98.7 ESPN. You're, you're listening to We Can Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM bet, bet Sports. Um, hi, David. I, I, what an intro, huh? Spearman Rhino, Tom Brady's God. Hey, let's bring in um let's uh let's 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 dive right into it and you know i i i opened up the show and i was just talking about like what a dud last weekend was i mean i just i don't know about you i i i turned four of the games i turned off at the half i, I couldn't i just couldn't I, it was just yeah, it, was a wa- it was it, it was a waste of my i'd rather we re-watch yellowstone better one for you go watch ozark if you haven't yet oh i was just watching i was just watching episode one and then i had to turn it off because of, you know girlfriend's got to work on a friday night but as soon as this show's over i'm gonna go did you did you binge it did you watch the whole thing no i just watched the first episode and i started the second one and i realized it was 10 30 and jacob's gonna call so i said i'll put this down go talk to adita for a few minutes Oh, look at that! You're getting Jacob so a shout so out. So good, so good. Love it, love it. Yes, I'll, I love I'll, Jacob. As soon as, as soon as, two three minute chats every time. It's great. As, You're gonna love as, it. As soon as, as soon as, uh, as soon as the show's over, I will, I will continue to watch episode one of Ozark. But nonetheless, uh, my point being is that um, I'm really excited for this weekend because I feel like we really didn't have a great weekend of football last week. I, I mean, it was, it was, it was disappointing games. We, you got you got a couple of good ones. The first one was a good game. Uh, the last five minutes was a good game. Had, and then you had the the, the Dallas game. With That's the, it. The could be That's it. It. It, wasn't, it wasn't the best weekend of football. <laughs> um, but we always, I mean, think about it. The NFL decided to have a seventh team in each conference. You get what you get. You had two teams that, no disrespect to the state of Pennsylvania, but you had didn't belong to that, be there. Didn't didn't deserve to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you you take away a buy from the top, and you have a team that's supposed to have a first round buy all of a sudden playing. It's just not what we're used to in the NFL. You're used to three, six, four, five, and that's all you get. Two, seven, and there will be a seven seed that upsets a two seed at some point in time. But look how long it took the NBA to get an eight seed to beat a one seed. It doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, so, you're right. You're um, right. You, you, you got what you got. You got a whole bunch of blowouts. I think the only one that really surprised us was Arizona, LA, not necessarily who won. And I can readily admit I was on this show a week ago and picked Arizona, so it was bad. But I don't think we expected it to be an epic blowout. I mean, that game was over in the first five minutes. Right. 
All right. So let's stop looking back. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I spend so, too much time talking about that and let's, let's, let's uh, help the people win some money. Uh, so let's look forward. And by the way, we, we've got a number of people on hold, uh, Scott, Mike, Sal. I just want to let you know, I see you gentlemen and I promise I will get to you, uh, this hour. I will get to you, uh, before we hit the 11 o'clock hour. Okay. All right. Um, so let's kick it off. Bengals, Titans, Titans favored by three and a half over under here is 47 and a half. What's your play in this one? Listen, I think the Bengals are a great story. Uh, you know, great young talent. You know, Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase. I say that as, as a Dolphins fan who has Tua and Waddle, and maybe we have the wrong set of teammates there. But I think it comes to an end this week. Tennessee, even though everyone's bashing them, and, you know, our, our, our friend of the program, Aaron Schatz, is, and Football Outsiders called it one of the worst one seeds of all time, and it's all out there. To have a team that is the one seed who has a really good squad one of the best players in football back. Now, we don't know how healthy King Henry is, but he's playing. And that's an element that really isn't being factored in much. So I'm surprised the spread is where it is because Tennessee is just a better team than Cincinnati. I think they're going to win. Uh, Mike Gabriel, 8-0 against the spread and straight up with more than nine days rest. So his team is rested. Bengals, great story coming off an emotional win. First win in 30-something years in the playoffs. I think it'll be a good game, but I'm siding with Tennessee here. Yeah, I said it when I opened up the show. Tennessee's got to be the most conviction I have. It's uh, as of course, if you watched Daily Wager tonight, um, they are they are my bet. They were my best bet at the end of today's show. Um, Eight fifteen, Forty Niners and the Packers. This line opened at six. Now it's dropped to five and a half. Green Bay is favored over under his 47. Weather conditions are supposed to be worse than what they were in Buffalo last week. Your thoughts? While watching that San Francisco Dallas game towards the end, I sat there and I said, I cannot wait until this game is over because I'm going to be taking, you know, San Francisco is winning. I'm going to be taking Green Bay no matter what the number is. And I eventually got it at four and a half. It was four and a half for about five seconds. And I'm glad I have the line where it is because it did go up to six before going back down. I think San, I think Green Bay wins this one, and I and I don't think it's that close. San Francisco, another good story, good defense, Jimmy G, whatnot. They're just not the same caliber as Green Bay. You know, everyone's like, well, Aaron Rodgers has lost in the playoffs before. Of course he has. He's also been to back-to-back NFC Championship games. Green Bay is the better team. They're rested. That they're going to win. I think the the end is here for San Francisco, who, as Joe Fortenbaugh pointed out, is playing their fifth road game and fourth road game in five weeks. It's a long road traveled. Let's not minimize the fact that there's not many home field advantages in football anymore. But Green Bay has one. When you have sub-zero temperatures playing on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, Jimmy G, finger issues, elbow issues, shoulder issues one and I don't think it's close I'm on the opposite side but I do have a good oh hour and 15 minutes to uh, express myself we only have you for probably another five to seven so let's move on to Sunday you've got the Rams going up against the Buccaneers Buccaneers Tom Brady that offensive line Ooh, not a good time to have issues on your offensive line against Aaron Donald and that crew Tampa Bay this line now has dropped to minus two and a half it was minus three and a half at one point, but again, I think the offensive line issues uh, are a huge concern for the odds makers. Over under is forty-eight. 
How are you playing this one, David? If there's one thing that I actually was surprised by during last last week's Super Wild Card weekend, it was how good the L.A. Rams looked. Mind you, Arizona played one of the worst games we've seen in the playoffs in a long time. But that Rams defense that we had been waiting all year to show up with all the guys they have, Donald and Miller and, and Ramsey, showed up in full capacity, even with missing half their secondary and signing a guy off the street from the week before. They completely and utterly shut down Arizona in all capacities. And as you just mentioned, Tampa Bay with some issues on the offensive line. They've had some issues, obviously, with the wide receivers. I haven't done very well in my betting career betting against Tom Brady, and one day I will learn my lesson not to bet against him, but it's not going to be this week. I think the Rams are as live as can be if they play anywhere close to the way they played against Arizona. I think they do go into Tampa and win. But in the same respects, you are talking about the defending Super Bowl champs, Brady, the GOAT. Nothing is going to be surprising if they advance to another title game. But I do think this Rams team is the Rams team people expected it to be earlier this year. And what they showed last week actually, my eyes, when should be surprised. They're supposed to be that good. But when you add Cam Akers to the offense, who is as fresh as can be somehow, Odell Beckham, Donald, Miller, all these pieces that they brought together, finally gelling is what you saw on Monday night. If that team shows up, you'll see a new champion this year. It won't be Tampa Bay. Yeah, we're on the same page there, that's for sure. I, I, I'm, I'm probably I'm, – I know everybody's looking forward to the last game we're going to talk about. That's the Bills and the Chiefs. But I'm really looking forward to this game. I want to see what this Rams defense and not just Darnold, but Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, uh, what they can do and how they can get to Tom Brady. Uh, and, and I want to see and, him and have if you, Go ahead. Not many teams have figured it out over time, but the one way to stop Tom Brady is to hit him. And he doesn't get dirty often. But if you watch what happened to Kyler Murray last week, if they start sniffing Brady, Tampa Bay will be in for a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, and last but not least, let's go to the uh, the game of the week, and that's the Bills at the Chiefs. Uh, if these two teams were not in the same conference, chances are they'd probably play, them in this, play each other in the Super Bowl. That's how good these two teams and this matchup is going to be. Uh, Kansas City. Favored by two, it's jumping up, jump, you know, two and a half, two, one and a half. It's all over the place. It's a two right now. Over under is 54. What are your thoughts here, David? First and foremost, this line can't get high enough with the way these two offenses are. So I, I lean towards the over because I think it's going to be a shootout. But when I look at these two teams, you have two teams who have played up and down seasons. The Bills have played look great and looked bad. Chiefs started bad, looked great, etc. The one difference, I believe, is, is Buffalo's defense has been consistent throughout the season, while Kansas City's has not. It wasn't. It was terrible early, and then it did pretty well against weak opponents. And Buffalo already went into Kansas City and proved that they can win there. If you go back and look at what Buffalo has done, when Buffalo lost to New England on that primetime game, the win game where New England didn't pass the ball at all all night long, and then they went on the road to Tampa and were getting annihilated at halftime, 27-3. to Something happened at that half because at that point in time, the Bills were done. You just got outplayed by New England and getting crushed by Tampa. You don't belong. Something happened. They showed up in the second half, forced overtime, have not lost since losing to Tampa in overtime, dominated New England twice. 
um, have, have been as impressive as anybody in football over the last four and a half weeks. And if that Bills team shows up, I think they absolutely can go into Kansas City and win again because Buffalo has been a lot more consistent this year than Kansas City has been. And if you look at what Kansas City has done wrong this year, they kind of fall asleep at the wheel at times like they did in the first quarter versus Pittsburgh. Now, versus Pittsburgh, the quarter ended 0-0. The scoop six by Watt made it 7-0. And then Kansas City flipped the switch and scored 35 straight points. You fall asleep at the wheel during the first quarter versus Buffalo, and you're down 21 nothing like New England was last week. So if Kansas City doesn't come out and fire in all cylinders, Buffalo is going to take that lead and win that game, and that's what I think is going to happen. Again, he's David Behrman, oversees a lot of our uh, gambling content at ESPN. Before I let you go, let's talk about the American Express taking place out west uh, in California, tournament number three of the season. And uh, when I opened up the show, I was telling folks you and I have been making some money here on DFS lineups, making sure that we play, play players on DFS that are teeing it up at the La Quinta course. So this is round three. Here's a list of a few players that will be teeing up at La, La Quinta. Um, Seamus Power, who the guy that, that I have, that I've chosen in a number of my leagues, uh, the uh, Survivor Leagues, to, uh, to, to win it this week. Corey Connors, uh, List, Henley, Kirk, Answer, uh, Buckley, McCarthy, Nick Taylor, just to name a few. Um, so again, so what Dave and I have been doing is you can, you can, you, you go online to whatever, whether it's DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever the case may be, and you want to put a roster together for players. Well, you can pick any player that's teeing it up tomorrow. So what Dave and I have been doing is we've been, we've been putting guys in our DFS lineup, specifically guys that are teeing off on the easier course, which is La Quinta. Now tomorrow, David, dude. This is who's teeing off at the stadium course. Kim, Swalford, um, Cantley, Rom, McDowell, uh, Willie Z, just to name a few. I mean, when, when you look, it's, it's very interesting because when you look at the list of players that are teeing it up on the stadium course, right now the majority of them are listed at 32, if not better. And, and understandably so because the, the, the first two days – they played the easier course. So what I'm doing now yep. is I'm looking, I'm looking at guys like, for example, Bramlett is tied for third right now, and he's going to be playing the second easiest course, which is the Nick, Jack Nicholas course. You could get him to win at 18-1. to 1. The odds aren't out there to finish in the top five, but I would imagine that they're, they're going to be at plus money if just like maybe minus 105, minus 110. Um and, and power as well. Seamus Power. Right now he's tied for 12th. For him to win, 25 to 1. And again, you definitely get plus money for him to finish in the top five. And he's going to be playing the easiest course tomorrow. So you know he's going to make some headway. And then, of course, the final round is the stadium course. And Power actually had, had a nice round there as well. So um, I just share that with you just to say, and, and our listeners out there, who are some of the guys that you're eyeing tomorrow that you're going you're gonna to put money down either to win or possibly finish in the top five, top 10, top 20? 
first off, I want to give you the kudos you deserve for, for dialing the 911 emergency to me on, on Thursday <laughs> to wake me up and make sure that I <laughs> was aware of the fact that DraftKings had round by round where you could do a lineup. And yesterday seemed sort of easy with, you know, Cantlay and Rom being on the easy course. But then this morning, to do a draft, a snake draft, and watch everybody else take all the superstars while I was taking guys. Um, like Michael Thompson, who shot five over yesterday, and I'm drafting him with my second pick, and he shoots, mm-hmm. you know, six, seven under today. Look, they yep. look like geniuses. So yep. I give you credit <laughs> today, and tomorrow's going to be better because all the stars are on the stadium course. So you go ahead and draft them, and I'll take the other guys. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, I- I'm just happy that I rolled the dice on Cantlay this week, and he's backing it up because I have him. Um, I-, I-, I took him in the one and done. Um, I put money on him at nine to one. Um, and he's he's backing it up left and right, having the lead right there. I do like power. I think, he, you know, with, with what he's going to do tomorrow, going up the leaderboard, you know, don't discount John Rahm. I know he sits back and playing a hard course tomorrow, um, but I wouldn't get rid of him yet. Your boy Willie Z making some noise up there. Um, and <clears throat> some other guys to look at, you know, McCarthy's down there in T12, Brent Seneker in T12 as well. Um, it's just a difficult thing to assess because you still haven't made the cut yet. You still have a third round at different courses. So in reality, going into Sunday will be the day that you want to make a lot of your moves to see who's, who's going to be up there. Uh, one of the guys, and, and give a shout-out to, to researcher David Gordon, who went out there and said to take Riley to make it into the top 20 this week at 6-1 to one odds, and he's sitting there at T24. So give a shout-out to him because uh, he's doing well. But this is a different type of tournament at being a pro-am and three different courses. So we'll see what the field is like after tomorrow, but I got to be happy with the nine to one shot being up there. Love it. David, always great when you're on with us. Appreciate it. Enjoy the games this weekend and we'll talk to you next week. And just remember if these games become blowouts again, just go back and watch Ozark because that's, that's, that's what you need to do. <laughs> it's exactly, it's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. Again, he's David Behrman. I'm Anita Marks. You're listening to We Can Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. All right, welcome back to We Can Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. He's been with us three weeks in a row, giving us all kinds of great, juicy nuggets. You heard the music. You know who I'm talking about. And that is Randy Robles from the Elias Sports Bureau. That's right. They've got that great app, the Elias Game Plan app. Hopefully you've downloaded it on your devices, helping you make the educated decisions on where to spend your hard-earned money. So, uh, Randy, first and foremost, welcome in. How you doing? Hey, good. Good to be with you again, Nita. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's break down all four games. As we know, uh, Tennessee and the Cincinnati Bengals, First up, Tennessee favored by three and a half, three in some places. If you can get it at three, great. If you want to buy the hook down, I'm telling people ain't going to be mad at you. Over-unders at 47, 47 and a half. What are your nuggets on this matchup? Cincinnati is is my team this week on in that game. They covered five weeks in a row, 5-0 and against the spread. Uh, they are 5-0 and against the spread this year when they are – when, when they're underdogs by three or more points. And they're 5-1 and one over the last six road games. Four of those games, they won by, by more, 14 or more points. So to me, they're the hot team. They're not afraid to play on the road. And um, even though they're getting points, they've been successful from that position this year. And so I, I'm going to trust them more than Tennessee. I don't really trust Tannehill. 
Um, this would be his first ever start as a, as a favorite in the playoffs. Uh, he started four playoff games in his career and his average just under 22 points per game. Uh, that includes a 20 to 13 home loss to Baltimore in the wild card uh, last year. So I don't trust him as, as much as I trust uh, Burrow and Cincinnati and what they've done on the road lately. So for that reason, I like Cincinnati uh, getting the points. Interesting. I, um, I, I just, my, my concern here is this, I, this will be the best defense I think the Bengals will have faced in quite a while. I mean, they can get after the quarterback and they only blitz 20% of the time, which means they have, as you know, more guys in coverage. And, uh, and we know how much Cincinnati loves passing that rock now with, with Joe Burrow back there. So, um, you know, this is here, here's at the end of the day. I, and, and again, we're going to break down all four games with you. They're all going to be exciting. Like, like I, I like I, I just I felt last weekend Randy was a was a a, 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 a snoozer. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. I, I turned off you know, three of the games, four of the games. I turned them off at the half. But um, but I, I can't wait. To, uh, I, I can't wait to watch all four of these games. All right, game number two on Saturday night, and that is the Green Bay Packers going up against the 49ers. 49ers going into Lambeau Field. Weather conditions are supposed to be worse than we saw in Buffalo last week. 49ers getting six, five and a half in some places. Hopefully you get it at six. If that's the side you're on, over under is 47. What are your nuggets here? Some people will point to the fact that San Francisco has had success against Rodgers, especially in the playoffs lately. However, I just think that Green Bay's presence at home and their record at home is just too much to overcome. 14-1 and one over the last 15 home games. The only loss during that time was um, the conference championship last year to uh, San Francisco. But over those 15 games, the, their average point differential is plus 12.5 points. That's Green Bay's uh, point differential. I just think that's too much. Also, Rodgers is coming off a, a loss in his last home playoff game, which was last year. Would you know, did you know that no Green Bay quarterback has ever lost back-to-back home playoff games ever, whether it's uh, Lynn Dickey or Bart Starr or uh, Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. No one's ever lost back-to-back home games, and I don't think that Rodgers will be the first. So uh, for that reason, I like Green Bay. So – so, so be, because of the, it sounds to me, what screams out to me is the point point differential, uh, the, considering that it's 12 and a half and this line is only at six, correct? That's right. That's right. right. So, you know, on average, you win by 12 and a half points uh, at home. Uh, that's over the last 15 games going back to last year. San Francisco is a great team, but um, just think that Rodgers has the, uh, has the magic. And, um it's just been proven time and time again. You know, if, if you flip a coin 15 times and it comes up heads 14, I'm going to go with heads the next time. <laughs> okay, I get it. Uh, you've got two Sunday games. The first one is the Rams in Tampa to take on Tom Brady and a subpar offensive line. A lot of injuries on that offensive line. Not the most opportune time to go up against Aaron Donald in crew with the Rams. What you got for us here, Randy? Again, Tom Brady, very it's challenging to bet against Tom Brady. I mean, he's 17 and 3 over his last 20 playoff games. To put that into perspective, how good that is, no team in NFL history ever went 17 and 3 in the playoffs. So he's done as an individual what no team's ever done. So, uh, again, you want to flip that coin 17 times or 20 times, it comes up head 17. I'm going to go with Tom Brady again. Now, in addition to that, 
Tampa Bay, 8-1 and one at home this year, 7-2 and two against the spread. They've scored 28 or more points in seven of the last eight, uh, last eight games overall. So, obviously, they're, uh, they're, they're a juggernaut. Now, as for the Rams, to me, they were not a great team against great teams this year. In other words, they were 4-5 and five against teams that finished the season at 500 or better. And that includes last week's win. So, to me, Rams kind of unproven, kind of overrated against Tampa Bay, who, despite the injuries, just are just beasts at home. And I'm going to take the, I'm going to, I'm going to give the points and uh, count my money on Monday morning. It sounds to me okay. So we're three games in. You're giving us all these great insight, great nuggets from the Elias Game Plan app, and and all the unbelievable information uh, you brainiacs over there uncover. But th- there, there's a common theme here, and what's happening is you're taking the best quarterback in every game. That's what I'm seeing right. here. So, so really, it leads to our fourth and final game with two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and you've got Kansas City at home. Again, that line is fluctuating, minus two, minus one and a half, going up against the Buffalo Bills, and, uh, and of course, uh, Josh Allen. So I am, I'm on the edge of my seat right now, Randy Robles. What, what do you have here, and what side – are you on in this matchup? Oh my gosh! I mean, this is this is the game of the week, no question about it. They're all great games, like you said. Uh, all all four games. This is something to look forward to. I mean, it feels like uh, it feels like you know when kids say, "I need three more sleeps until until Christmas." This is how it feels like all week. <laughs> wait for these games this weekend. Um, for Buffalo, you know, it's been out there in in the press that we, that they were the first team to score on first team ever to score in their first seven possessions, uh, score a touchdown on their first seven possessions of a playoff game. That's known. What's maybe not known, and this is a great stat that was given to me by Alex Stern, one of my colleagues at, at the Elias Sports Bureau. He, he, he pointed out to me that the Bills set a record this year. Five times they had a, what they call uh, a clean sheet on offense. And what that means is they didn't turn the ball over and they didn't allow a sack. They did that five times this year. That's an NFL record. And just for good measure, they did that again against New England this past weekend. And also, one of the five times, one of the six times now, was against KC this, this year. So I think that their offense is as great as they are, I think are even underrated, believe it or not. And so for that reason, I like Buffalo. As for KC, as for KC they kind of struggled against teams that, were, that had great defenses. If you look at their last four games they played this year against teams that were in the top ten, they only average just under 21 points per game. So for those reasons, I mean, it's going to be a great game. But I just think that if they played it, played it 10 times, Buffalo would probably win six. So for that reason, I'm going to, I'm going to take Buffalo. All right. So he is Randy Robles from the Elias Sports Bureau. And just to put a big fat, I like to call it a green bow, not a red one. Green means we're winning money. Red means we're not. And so based on the Elias Game Plan app and the nuggets you're providing, you're going Cincinnati, you're going Green Bay, you're going Tampa Bay, and... You're going Buffalo Bills. You're going with Josh Allen. All right. We'll see how this all pans out. Randy, you rock. The Elias uh, Sports Bureau rocks. And we so appreciate your time each and every time you join us here on 98.7 ESPN. All right. Let's welcome in Aaron Shods from Football Outsiders, ready to break down all four matchups this weekend, the divisional round of the playoffs. Aaron, welcome in. Let's start first and foremost. Saturday afternoon, you got Cincinnati in Tennessee. The line is at three and a half. Hopefully, it drops to three. I don't think it will. If you're, I always tell people, if you want to buy the hook, I ain't gonna be mad at you. 
Over-unders at 47, 47 and a half in some places. How are you playing this? Yeah, I really like Tennessee in this one. And that may seem odd because if people follow me online, they know that I'm the leader of the people saying that Tennessee is extremely bad for a number one seed. You know, their regular season was the worst of any number one seed we've ever tracked going back to 1983. But they are much healthier now than they were during the regular season, especially with the advantage of the bye week. And the Bengals are a little overrated, too. Their offense is very hit or miss. You know, they've got those deep shots to Jamar Chase, but also a lot of sacks. And their defense is kind of mediocre. So I really like Titans minus three and a half in this one. I think that three and a half point line does not give enough respect to the power of the bye week. The power of the bye week or the power of Derrick Henry. <laughs> right? Oh, man. You get him back in action. Then the play action comes into action. And then uh, and then that's it. Stick a fork in him. Cincinnati's done. Okay. Green Bay Packers going Bengals. up against the... Yeah. I was going to well, say, the Bengals are the worst defense in the league on first downs. So you can play action past them all day long. Ooh, that's a great nugget as well. Um, I love all this. All right, here we go. Green Bay going up against the 49ers. Weather conditions supposed to be just as bad, if not worse, than we saw in Buffalo this past week. I love me some Debo Samuel. Curious, what side are you on here, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think those weather conditions in Buffalo slowed down offense very much, so I doubt it's going to slow down offense here. My favorite play in this game is the over 46. Uh, you might get 46 some places, 46 and a half other places. I think these offenses are both really strong. I think despite the guys that they're getting back, the Green Bay defense is weak. They're particularly weak against the run, which means San Francisco should be able to run all over them. As far as who I'm playing, I think this line is pretty close to what the line should be. But if uh, you force me to take a side, I'm going to go San Francisco plus six because I do like the uh, getting the points. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm with you. I'm on the 49er side. I'm also going to use them as a two-team six-point teaser and tease them up to plus 12. Tampa Bay going up against the Rams. The big storyline here is how's Tom Brady going to stay on his own two feet and not get knocked around by Aaron Donald and crew with a subpar offensive line that's all beat up. Who you have here? You got the Rams getting three, getting three and a half in some places. I know that line has fluctuated. Some places it's fallen down to two and a half. I think we'll see that kind of fluctuate all the way through kickoff on Sunday. The over-under is at 48 and a half. Yeah, um, you know, the Rams' offensive line is not in the best condition either. Andrew Whitworth has been declared out. So uh, the Bucks were the better team over the course of the year, but the Rams were the better team in recent weeks, particularly on defense. Their defense has really improved, even though their offense hasn't been nearly as good. The Bucks have those injuries at wide receiver, so they're you know really down on depth at wide receiver. I, I uh, if needing to play this game, I would go with the Rams and the plus three. I also like Matthew Stafford, and this may sound odd given that I just picked the Rams. I like the Matthew Stafford under 280.5 passing yards. The Bucks' run defense has not been as good in the second half of the season, and I think the Rams will be able to run on them and want to run on them. So Stafford will get some big plays because they'll set up big plays with that running game. But I, I'm going to go under 280.5 yards for Matthew Stafford. 
Love it. And last but not least, the game everybody can't wait to see, and that's Sunday night, Kansas City going up against the Bills. This line opened at three. It dropped down to two. Some places, one and a half. I think this is a three-point game. I, I'm on the fence here. Uh, you know, I, I lean towards Kansas City because of special teams and no Tredavious White on the defensive side for the Bills, but I'm really curious. What's your play in this matchup, Aaron? Yeah, honestly, I, I wouldn't play this with someone else's money. This game is so <laughs> it's going to be really good, but it's so close. It's just really hard to pick a side in this one. Um, if you made me absolutely have to pick, I would go with the Bills just because they're getting points. But this game is really even. I mean, our projected line for this game is zero. So I would go with the Bills and the points. I also would go with Josh Allen over 50.5 rushing yards, over 7.5 run attempts. I love it. I love it. Great stuff as always. Aaron, you rock. Uh, Check him out, Football Outsiders, as well as uh, he contributes to a, a, a plethora of content on ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com. Check out their chalk site as well as their NFL site. Aaron, good stuff. I'm I'm really, I'm hoping that, you know, obviously this uh, weekend's slate of games far exceeds the crap we were dealt last week. That's for sure. Um, And so, you know, this, this is the real deal. These are the contenders, not the pretenders. These are the, these are the teams that, you know, fought tooth and nail to get to the postseason. This is going to be a good one. And so appreciate your time breaking it down with us, my friend. Thank you so much. Here's to more close games and fewer penalties. There you go. (laughs) You said it in a nutshell. Again, he's Aaron Schatz uh, from Football Outsiders. Still a lot more coming your way here on 98.7 ESPN. Without further ado, let's bring in Teron Davenport. Now, Teron works for ESPN. He covers the uh the the Tennessee Titans here's the thing because a lot of us are going to be playing DFS a lot of us are going to be playing fantasy Derrick Henry as we know best running back you can argue in the NFL comes off of IR expected to be active will he be attractive so it's my first question to you Teron is what can we realistically expect from Derrick Henry this weekend yeah my expectation is he'll start and my expectation is for him to initially be on some type of a workload management type of thing. But as Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, said, they're going to, you know, just go with the flow of the game and just see how he progresses. And that word progression is, is really a key word in this whole issue that, that Derrick Henry ha- has gone through because it, it's just been a gradual progression, right? They started out uh, with him just getting just, just soft contact with the ground, just running a bit, and it, it just has grown all the way up until Tuesday, being able to go through contact uh, during individual periods. So that it, it's really going to you know, be just how he responds in game contact. And knowing Derrick Henry, because this is a guy that played a full game with that injury, you know what I mean? He's going to be fine. Uh, you know, the, you, you kind of the, the Tennessee Titans kind of meet the Cincinnati Bengals at the right time. Their last five games, they're giving up 5.5 yards per carry. And, of course, yeah. if you watch the Tennessee Titans, you cover them. You've got your finger on the pulse better than most. What happens when that rushing game is is, is in effect, is in full effect? It, it plays into play action. And, and that's really yes. where this offense in Ryan Tannehill thrives. So, uh, talk about talk about what you what you expect us to see from this Tennessee Titans offense against again a Bengals defense has been struggling against the run as of late. 
Yeah, you make an awesome point about the play uh, play action, you know, coming from that, that rushing attack. And when you look at the Bengals, not only have they given up a bit more than, than normal over the last three games, they're going to be without one of their better run defenders and, and Larry uh, Ogunjobi, you know, so that's going to be a, a big loss for them. DJ Reader is still there, so, I mean, they'll – They'll be okay in the middle of the defense, but when you look at the play-action passing game, since 2019 with Derrick Henry on the field, Ryan Tannehill has averaged over 10 yards per play-action pass attempt. When Derrick Henry is not on the field, it drops down to 6.9. And then one other thing to consider is that, you know, the Bengals, when you look at play-action passing yards allowed, they're Allowed, they've allowed the fifth most in, in in the league during the regular season. So make no mistake about it. It is a perfect marriage. It's kind of like the perfect storm for the Titans, and I would expect them to do that. And you look at you know how they use that play-action passing game. They go to A.J. Brown on what they call a glance route across the middle, and he's able to catch that. And just because of the way the linebackers are sucked forward, that opens up so much in the passing lane, and he's able to catch that in space turn up field. If he has to break a tackle, he can, and then run away from the defense. And those are the type of plays they need because they're high percentage passing plays and they have big results. Wow. Uh, great information. Teron Davenport joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, again, covers the Tennessee Titans for ESPN. Came across another great stat. Derek Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones have only played 120 snaps together this season. And when mm-hmm. they do... The Tennessee Titans average seven yards per play. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, yeah. you know, fill us in, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. You just, you just fill us in on, on, on Derrick Henry. How healthy are the wide receivers? And, you know, what, what can we expect from that threesome uh, this coming weekend? You know, I'll tell you what. Uh, in talking to Julio Jones this, this week, uh, actually yesterday, on, on Friday, or excuse me, Thursday, he was as comfortable as I've seen him yet. You know, he, he said that, you know, he feels like he's in a good place. And he's like, hey, man, we're just going to go out there and, and put on a show for you guys. And I, I'm like, okay, I really sense a different degree of confidence from him. So that's a, that's a really good thing for the Titans because, you know, he's a guy, they made that trade to bring him, bring him aboard. And uh, it wasn't to win regular season games. It was to win playoff games. So when you look at, you know, what they did the last game in the regular season, he and – Ryan Tannehill, they seem to be on the same page, right? And you had a couple tight window throws to Julio Jones. You had the, the touchdown. Uh, there was one throw with anticipation, whereas it allowed him to, to kind of accelerate out of his break, catch the ball, and turn up field. So I would expect big things for Julio Jones. And then one other thing to look at, if, if you go back and watch the game from last year, a lot of the defensive attention was going towards A.J. Brown. And Corey Davis – had a heck of a day he had one of his best games of, of the season right so I would expect to see something similar to that and and that means that Julio Jones is going to get more single coverage and when you get one-on-one coverage you know as a future Hall of Famer I don't care how old you are you take that personally and you want to make teams pay for doing that so it could be a turn back the clock kind of uh, game for for Julio Jones. Um, no denying that. Let's turn our attention to what's going on on the defensive side of the ball. In my opinion, yeah. this is the this is the best defense I think that Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals will face. Um, maybe not all season, but definitely top three and definitely as of late. Uh, Tennessee has mm-hmm. given up the third fewest explosive p- plays. And, and keep in mind, as you know, they've gone up against Patrick Mahomes and Matthew Stafford. 
They have a low blitz rate of 20% where they can still get after the quarterback. And oh, by the way, Cincinnati has given up 51 sacks this season. So I, I know we're sitting yep. here, we're spending a lot of time, everybody, ooh, Derrick Henry this, Derrick Henry that, this offense. But man, I, I, I think, I think you know, we're, we're not giving enough respect or attention to just how difficult I believe this Tennessee defense is going to be against Cincinnati. Curious to get your thoughts and how you think Cincinnati is going to play defense. I, I mean, how Tennessee is going to, going to defensively match up against Cincinnati. Yeah, well, frankly, I think that's where the game is going to be won for the mm-hmm. Titans because we look at that front, uh, as you mentioned, they don't have to blitz. But then just to add to that, they have 35 sacks generated by using just a standard four-man pass rush. That's the second most in the NFL. And when you look at Jeffrey Simmons, when you look at uh, Dedico Autry, you know, these guys, if you get a chance to watch the end zone copy of all 22, I mean, you're going to see assault. Like, they should be charged for assault because of some of the things that they're doing to offensive alignment. And you got Bud Dupree and Howard Landry coming off the edge. So it's definitely a really tough thing for the Bengals, especially when you could drop seven. And and Joe Burrow's QBR, it kind of drops when he's not facing a, a team that blitzes a lot. So you have uh, seven guys in coverage. That definitely helps you out a lot. And I think, you know, you look at an offensive line that's kind of banged up, right? Um, they don't have their, their – regular starting right tackle. So there's an opportunity for Landry or Dupree, whoever lines up on, on that on that side. So I, I think it's a big thing for them. And even when they're not getting home to the quarterback, they, they know to match their hands. And they tip passes at the line of scrimmage. And that allows your linebackers like David Long and Zach Cunningham to clean up and get interceptions. So there could be a found turnover that way. Last but not least, Teron, before we let you go, uh, talk about Vrabel. Uh, you know, he, he's, I feel like each and every yeah. year he, he's in the discussion regard to head coach of the year. Um, you know, his, his success, uh, especially I want to say there's a stat out there in regard to like, you know, give Vrabel more than seven days to prepare. He's not going to lose. But, but talk about him as a coach, what he means to this team, how the players view him, and do you feel that, that he is the coach that should win coach of the year this season? Yeah, for sure. And I, I do think he should win coach of the year. And I, I will admit I'm biased, not because I'm a Vrabel fan. I'm biased because I see it every day, right? The way he relates to these players and see him out there in the drills, even the other day when it was raining, you know, it was raining on Wednesday. And he's out there in the drills, putting his hands on the players and going from position to position, just dropping a little gem on, on each of them. That's one of the things I try to listen in and hear what is going on as far as the coaching is concerned when we're at practice. And you can hear them in individual period, you know, just giving them different suggestions. And, and you know, that in itself is, is of a, a high quality. But then when you look at just the way he makes those emotional deposits, right, he, he told when A.J. Brown came out and spoke about how, you know, he was contemplating taking his life last year. One of the things that Mike Vrabel said that he makes sure he does is he'll ask a player how they're doing, and he asked it with the intention of sitting there and listening. He's like, you don't just ask it just like in, in passing. You ask it because you generally want to know, and you stand there and you listen to that person when they tell you. And those are just things just as a, a manager of people that are outstanding. But then you look at the X and O part of it, the focus on situational football and the different things that he does. And then not to mention, they've rostered 91 different players this year. That's an NFL record. You know what I mean? So to still be able to do that, and you look at the players that they lost, Derek, uh, Derek uh, uh, Henry, 
You look at Bud Dupree. You look at David Long, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. Like That's a who's who of players that they had to go extend the time with, without, yet they still find themselves the top seed in the AFC. Yeah, so again, Teron Davenport joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Such great insight. Is So we get ready and we prepare for that game one of the divisional round. Uh, so, uh, Teron, thank you so much. Really do appreciate you. Make sure you follow him on all things social media, especially if the Tennessee Titans win in advance. Like, I do believe they will. Uh, and you want to follow uh, Teron, of course, throughout the postseason. Uh, quick break. We come back. We're going to end the show strong with Lee Sterling. Like I said, Appointment Radio, he has gone 9-0 and the last two weeks with his picks right here on this show, Week in Wager. What does he have in store for us? Stay tuned. It's coming your way next. You're listening to Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports right here on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to We Can Wager, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. And as always, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. Lee, dude, you are 9-0 the last two weeks on this show. This is appointment radio right now. This is insane. You are winning people crazy money, man. I gave you a heads up. I always do well. It seems like in the college bowls and the NFL playoffs, I just think it slows down. And I can study each game a little longer and find some nuances. And uh, it's fun when you're winning over the holidays and to start the year. So great. So great. All right. Um, so let's break it down. We're going to break down all four games. And we'll start with, of course, uh, the Tennessee Titans going up against uh, the Bengals. The Bengals on the road. Concern about their defense, not 100%, not healthy. Four guys in question coming in, whether they play or not. Not good, but who is 100% at this point? But nonetheless, the Tennessee Titans coming off of a bye and, of course, expectations that Derrick Henry is going to play. What side are you on here? Titans favored by three. And uh, the last I checked in regard to the over-under was, what do you have right now? So I'm seeing on that game right now, 47, 47 and a half. Okay, 47, 47 and a half. What, what, what are your plays here, Lee? Okay, so I'm going to probably give you two, two sides and two totals. And I like the side here. You mentioned the injuries, and I think it's a factor. During the regular season, the NFL is not doing you any favors. They, it's like I, I wouldn't say they're hiding the injuries, but the teams are as much as possible. And I just think that they're worn down, are, are the Bengals. I think that their front seven is going to have a tough time matching up here. Now, we don't know how much Henry's going to play, but I would guess he's probably going to get 10, 12, maybe 15 touches in this game. Maybe the biggest development here, believe it or not, even over Henry, is this might be the first time all season since opening day that Tennessee's had their top two receivers not on the injury list. And I think they're going to be able to do some damage. They're just so big, strong, and fast are these guys here on the outside against the Cincinnati secondary. And uh, Mike Vrabel, how about this? Eight times he's had more, nine or more days to prepare for a game since he became a head coach. Eight no straight up and against the spread by over 19.8 points per game. I like Tennessee big, my strongest play here over Cincinnati. Ooh, um, I, I like it as well. What if somebody's like, you know what, Lee, I get you, but just in case, 
I want to buy the hook and I could buy the hook down at like minus 135, minus 140. You're going to be mad at somebody? You're going to tell them don't even no. bother? No, no, not at all. You know, uh, playoff games are going to be after the first round, usually a little bit closer. And, you know, if it's a tie game, uh, you know, you, you don't want to lose by the, by the hook on something like that. And uh, I just think that Cincinnati also on top of that, uh, got to pay your dues. And it's a, you know, it's a process, and I think they're going to be really good. I love Joe Burrow. I think they're the team that's going to dominate for the next five, six, seven years in in that division over the Steelers and the Ravens and the Browns uh, with Joe Burrow. But I just don't think his supporting cast is there. And then also I think they're going to play off uh, Jamar Chase here. I, I, they don't want to get beat by him. Uh, Tennessee, believe it or not, some people just look at stats. Well, if you look at stats, number five is Tennessee as far as playing – uh, man-to-man. But over the last five games, they've gone to a lot more zone. So mm-hmm. uh, you've got to look at the nuances of the game. And Tennessee has, has switched their defense, and their defensive front, I think, can get after some people. Love it. Love it. Okay, uh, that's game number one in the books with Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Again, 9-0 and on this program the last two weeks. Uh, the Saturday night game, it's a good one. 49ers against the Packers. Uh, I'm on the 49ers side here. Give me the 49ers in the points. Uh, they are the team of destiny. We saw what they were able to do against the Dallas Cowboys. And to me, it begins and ends with Debo Samuel and the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Their rush defense, 30th in the NFL. What side are you on here? I'm really curious. I'm, I'm on the San Francisco side, too. So Woo! I do like the total sum. I do like the under. I think weather which, could be a factor. I think which, both what, teams... What, what, under, what, what, what do you have right now, Lee? What's your over-under right now? Right now for that game, I'm looking at uh, 47. So okay, great. whether great. I think is going to be a factor here, I think San Francisco yep. is going to want to run the ball. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to have some success with those two guys. San Francisco is a different team since Elijah Mitchell came to the line. Now, a lot of people don't know who he is. He went to Louisiana Lafayette. I'll never forget this. Uh, went back for – to, to, to my alma mater, Texas State, went back for a game. It was a Thursday night, maybe four years ago. He might have been a freshman or a sophomore. And he just ate up Texas State. Not that Texas State has a good defense. And I'm like, wow, this guy, he was number 15 at the time. He's the same number in college. I'm like, this kid's a man amongst boys. And uh, look what he's doing already. He dropped all the way to the fifth round. So I, I think you're going to see San Francisco – uh, have all their guys in place as far as on defense. And take nothing away from, from you know, Aaron Rodgers. He is the best poor-weather quarterback we probably have ever seen, he and Tom Brady, in our lifetime. But uh, just think that everything around them, uh, except for Jimmy G, <laughs> is an all-go. So, you know, it scares you laying points. Uh, uh, so I'm going to stay away from laying points with Green Bay. I, I like San Francisco plus the points here, even though it's five-and-a-half. This is uh, one of those games uh, you want to try to get six, and uh, if you don't, you might even want to buy it up to six. Yeah, I- I'm, I'm with you as well uh, for all the reasons uh, we just said. Also, here's some trends for you. Jimmy Garoppolo, 13-5 and five, straight up as a dog, and that's the best record of any quarterback in the NFL since the Super Bowl era. Kyle Shanahan, 9-4 outright as a dog in the postseason. And, oh, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, 0-3 against the 49ers in the postseason. So just yep. just some trends that, that flow our way as well. <laughs> when you Again, hit that many trends, uh, we, uh, it, it, it sounds like it's a little more than trends. Uh, might might add up uh, to, 
to, to something you want, might want to follow. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Uh, again, Lee Sterling joining us from Paramount Sports. Uh, let's take a look at Sunday's action. And you've got the Rams heading down to South Florida to take on the Bucks. And uh, that line right now, it's moved. Okay. Uh, it was minus three and a half. It's now jumped down to minus two and a half. The Bucks are favored. Yep. Four, 48 and a half is the over under. I love the Rams here. Oh, I think they are licking their chops with all the injuries on that Bucks offensive line. Again, really curious what side you're on here. Where are you going, Lee? So I lean the Rams. And, and that's one of the reasons there. I mean, look at the pass rush. I mean, they are really coming on right now. Uh, th- even the Eagles had four sacks in that game. Uh, Von Miller, looks like he's rejuvenated. Remember, go back to the 2015 AFC title game. He had three sacks and an interception in that game. So he seems to play his best ball in big-time situations. But I think the under might be the better play. Now, this is the reason why. With this Bucks line beaten up, and you got – Ramsey, who's going to be going one-on-one with Evans. The only real advantage it looks like the Tampa Bay has is Gronk. And I don't think you're going to see Gronk catching balls you know, down the field for 30, 40 yards. I think they're going to play man under and over on him. And uh, I think I'm not saying you're going to be able to shut him down totally, but they hold the Mike Evans to three or four receptions or less, and Gronk is five or six or less. Um, it's going to be tough for, for Tampa Bay to score a lot in that game. Then also, Tampa Bay's defense has finally all of a sudden gotten healthy here. So, you know, I have trouble, you know, riding with Matthew Stafford. You know, he's just a guy that sometimes just has one of some of these games. He does some stuff like Carson Wentz does. He just does some dumb things with a ball. And if he gives up a pick six or turns it over twice in his own territory, you know, uh, it could spell trouble. So I think the better play here is the under. I'm going to go under 47 total points. I like it. I like it. Um, I like and, the and under, the last, but again, the last I... thing on that game, Anita, pace of play. Both teams are in the bottom five. Pace of play. Um, I, I again, I, I like, I like the under in that, but. Yep. Again, I'm just everything, everything that I'm hearing out of out of Tampa Bay, you know, even if like so, for example, everyone's like, oh, he's getting Leonard Fournette back. Yeah, but is Leonard yep. Fournette going to be 100 percent? Probably not. Right. Like, no. you know, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, um, uh, Giovanni Bernard. We saw Giovanni Bernard step up last week, but like all right. three of them are dealing with injuries. Right. Yep. Um, and as all, you said, really, Gronk must, is, all good things must come to an end. Also. Must come to an end. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yep. All right. Um, last but not least, and a lot of people feel, you know, if these two teams weren't in the AFC, this very well could be this year's Super Bowl. And, man, what a good one. They saved the best for last, that's for sure. And that's the Bills going up against Kansas City. Kansas City, this line fluctuating, minus two, minus one and a half. I think it, it will do that all the way through uh, kickoff. But let's just assume, because right now I'm looking at it, it's saying minus one and a half. The over-under is at 54 and a half. This is the highest total on the board as well. What say you, Lee Sterling? Two incredible quarterbacks. And Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, I don't think, will be affected by the weather. So you can count that out. Buffalo, I mean, just dominated that first game. Now, Kansas City was not playing well. But I don't think that all of a sudden that Kansas City is going to figure out Buffalo. So Josh Allen, as we saw Last week, you know, when he doesn't find someone open, he can put the ball 
under his arm and run fast. I mean, we don't see too many guys that are, you know, 6'5", 240, and run 4740s and not just run, he'll run you over. So um, he is scary good, and they're healthy on defense again. Their linebackers are making plays in space, and I love their two safeties. I think they're the best uh, combo in the game here. And a lot of people don't realize this. The only team in the playoffs that's top five in offense, top five in defense, the Buffalo Bills here. These are the best two teams in the NFL. It's a shame that they're meeting here in this round. So I like Buffalo here. I'm taking them plus the points. I think they win this game in a shootout, 37-30. Here's, here's my here's, – I have two concerns – Right, like so. So first things first. Like I, I think I'm on the fence here. I think either team can win. Won't be shocked if the Bills win. Won't be shocked if Kansas City wins. Right, and and I think that's why this this line is where it's at. Two things that had me leaning towards Kansas City, Lee. Okay. One is special teams. Tyler Bass yep. has not been great. Meanwhile, you can say Buckner, arguably one of the top three, top five field goal kickers in the NFL. And I think this game will be decided by a field goal, by three points. Number two, no Tredavious White. And one thing that we have seen is when this Bills team goes up against a good, legit quarterback without Tredavious White, that defense, it rears its ugly head. You had Tom Brady back, what, week 14? The Bucks put up 33 points, 488 total yards, and a lot of that was passing yards because no Tredavious White. It, it, it yeah. you know, you, you don't realize it when they go up against guys like Mac Jones and the Patriots or you know other teams that have subpar quarterbacks. So that's I just, I just think the matchup too. is going to be better for Mahomes. That's all. Okay, here's a way to play this game. I like Buffalo. I think this game's going to come down to the wire. Unlike any other game, I'm almost sure of it. So if you want to kind of hedge your bet, pick your other favorite game and put Buffalo and tease them up from one and a half or two all the way up to seven and a half or eight. Yeah, no, no, that's ex- that's exactly how I'm. So I'm so how I'm playing this game. It's exactly I'm I'm taking Kansas City minus one and a half, minus two, and I'm going to use okay. the Bills as a two team two team six point money line uh, uh, two team. I'm sorry, two team six point teaser and i'm going to tease yep. the bills up to eight and a half seven okay. uh, you know seven and a half eight i'm going to tease them up yep. and and I'll, i'm going to align that with the 49ers at plus plus 12 okay okay there you or go. maybe 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 you know you love you love the under right you love the under in the rams tampa bay game i mean heck i can right. tease that up to what uh 54 and a half and i'll play the yeah. under there yeah. I, I think i think i i think you're right like you know if 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 you have conviction out there that this Bills Kansas City game is going to come down to three points, then I think you could go either way. Great, great way to look right? at it. Anyway, yep. uh, Lee, you're awesome as always. So appreciate your time here on uh, yep. on on our program. Again, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Check him out. He's gone nine and zero the last two weeks here on Weekend Wager, which is really really fantastic. Lee, always appreciate you, my friends. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Anita. Take care. Have a great you, weekend. You got it. You got it. All right. That 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 does it for us here on uh, on Weekend Wager. We've had a cast of characters, and I say that with all due respect. I mean, just some of the best in the business getting you ready for the divisional rounds of the playoffs. We touched on all four. We not we just didn't touch. We did a deep dive into all four games, prop bets, you name it. We did it all. So if you missed any portion of the show, 
Uh, it's up on, on a podcast. You can you can check it out. I'll have it up on my social media platforms at Anita Marks on Twitter. Also, ninety eight point seven ESPN as well. Their website. Uh, make sure if you missed any portion of the show, go back and uh, and listen to it because it is chock full of information, getting you ready for this weekend's games. All right. So again, that does it for us. You're listening to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. I'm back tomorrow at high noon right here on 90.7 ESPN. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.